Hello and welcome to The Outer Frame, the show where we talk about the movies that don't get talked about enough. I'm your host, Jason Sellers, and on today's episode, we will be discussing the 2009 romantic dramedy, I Love You, Philip Morris, as well as playing a round of the review game. But first, let me introduce the greatest prison escapee that I know, Donnie Nelson. My word is my motherfucking bond. <laughs> Cleave on! He is, hands down, my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> He's good. He's very <laughs> He's good. He's great. He's hilarious. I, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about this, because otherwise I'm just going to spend the whole time talking about how great Cleavon is. Yeah. So instead, Donnie, I'm going to ask you, what is the worst thing that you have seen this week? The worst thing that I've seen this week is uh, I've heard that there is a new Mortal Kombat movie coming out. It's an animated feature, and it made me think about other uh, video game movie adaptations, some that I haven't seen, so I decided to educate myself a little bit more. And I saw, I watched uh, a majority of Tekken. Um, That's a bad movie. Mm -hmm. It's It's even worse than... Yeah, it's even worse than Dead or Alive. And Dead or Alive is a pretty <laughs> egregiously bad movie, but at least that one had, like, fan service. I would Boobies? Say. Yeah. Uh, they had a volleyball <laughs> sequence, so they knew who they were playing to audience-wise. Um, and uh, the the Tekken movie is just... It's bad. bad. Also, it's the laziest casting ever because the person... You know, the the guy who... Kerry Fukunaga? Or he's the, mm-hmm. he's the one who played... Uh, Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat film, he plays mm-hmm. Haihachi in this film. It's like, could you get any lazier? Like, you're just gonna stupid. cast him. He's good, don't get me wrong. I like watching mm-hmm. him, but that's a little much. Um, but it is not a good movie. I would not recommend mm-hmm. you watch it, even if you're a fan of the video games. You could start that... Like, you, you could start reviewing most video game movies by just saying, it's not a good movie. You're not wrong. Wait until I get to the best thing I watched this week. Oh, no. All right, well, the worst thing that I watched this week, I decided to finally watch The Bling Ring, which is in one of the uh, A24 or A24, however you say it, films that I have not yet watched and was uh, directed by Sofia Coppola. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a shittier version of Spring Breakers. <laughs> wah, wah. And really, that's all I have to say about that. If you ever have any desire to watch The Bling Ring, just, just go watch Spring Breakers. It does everything that The Bling Ring does, but way better. <laughs> would, you In say fact, you're, would you say you are actually a fan of Sofia Coppola's films? Or you like a few of her other films? I would say that I am a fan of the Virgin Suicides and Lost in Translation. Okay. I am not a fan of Marie Antoinette. I am not a fan of Somewhere. And I am not a fan of this. I have not yet seen The Beguiled, but I really want to. In fact... I I did I watched somewhere and it was one of the most boring things that I have ever seen in my entire life. However, it does have one thing going for it, which is that for some reason, Chris Pontius is in it. Yay! <laughs> and, and he doesn't really do anything. No. He's just in a lot of background scenes at parties and it's really funny because I, I feel like it's one of those things where he didn't even know they were making a movie. Somebody was just like, hey, come hang out on set for a while. And then mm-hmm. he wound up being in the film. <laughs> Man. What a blessed life. I know, right? So, But yeah, that was that was the worst thing I watched this week. I got even more upset when I found out that there actually was a bling ring and that uh, this was based on a true story. Yeah. Because I didn't know that, and now I feel like it's an even more squandered movie. <laughs> so, I don't I mean, like, parts of the cast are okay, and the way that they shoot it is, or the way that they shot it is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, at parts, 
parts of the heists are kind of fun to watch, but overall, I would I would just say watch Spring Breakers. Okay. It's, it's similar and it's it's much better. <laughs> uh, what was the best thing that you saw this week? The best thing I saw this week, also surprise surprise, a video game adaptation. Still not Angry good. Angry Birds too. No, I have not watched either one of those films, but maybe someday. Um, <laughs> I watched uh, Doom Annihilation, which is, I don't know why they used Annihilation for their subtitle or for their, like, in the title of the film, mm-hmm. because you're, you're drawing comparisons to the other horrible video game adaptation sequel, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is terrible. Um, yep. I would say that like the original Doom movie starring Carl, Carl Urban and The Rock, um, it has its cheesy moments. Like it has its like, it's not good, but there are mm. things that you can point to in that film where you're just like, oh, this was dumb, but like this is kind of okay. Or like Carl Urban is just being a badass the entire time. That's fine with me. And The Rock is just being The Rock. Hadn't quite gotten to that Fast and Furious fame yet. Um, but this movie has, like, no names to it. There's nobody, really, you can recognize in it. It's a lower-budget movie. It it doesn't go crazy with the creature effects. Like, it's very subdued. Um, there's still a lot of, like, references to the video games and stuff like that, which is really, um, just, like, intrusive. Um, but let me put it this way. As someone who has watched, uh, the first Resident Evil movie, uh not that long ago and like the magic has finally uh been lost from that film of me enjoying it uh this is like almost like a resident evil like that kind of movie where they're going to a place that they need to figure out what happens and then creatures attack and they start getting picked off one by one in that case like it's an okay movie like it's not it's not something that you're gonna like do like huge like dissertations about the themes of doom annihilation but it's 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 very straightforward it's not good but it kind of knows what it is and so as long as you're going into it it's your fault essentially what i'm saying if you watch this movie um if you're (laughs) watching it then you kind of know what it is um and yeah from there it's like it's not bad it's okay so so would you say that it's better than the original doom movie I, it is, it is, uh, I would have to say no, just because of just how ridiculous and, like, the reasoning for how they made the original Doom movie the way that they made that movie, because that movie, mm-hmm. uh, is just kind of weird and dumb in its own right, and also has, uh, Richard Brake in it, so that's reason enough to watch it, right? Yeah, you're not gonna get a whole bunch of Richard Brake out of that movie. But no. this is this is just one of those like humdrum like not gonna do anything crazy. It's just gonna play it safe. Like it's more of a zombie film than it is like seems like a monster film. So I just remember when the original came out when we were in high school and everybody was freaking out because there was there's a segment in the original that has a it's done in first person and everybody was like oh my god like the last half of the movie's shot in first person. Yeah. And then every every person that I talked to, it got a little bit shorter, and it was just really funny because it was like the first person I talked to, they were like, "Oh, it's it's like half the movie's shot in first person," and I was like, "Oh, that sounds really cool." And then the next person I talked to, they were like, "It's like the last half hour," and I was like, oh, it's, "It's like an eight hour sequence. It's like an eight minute sequence." <laughs> I know. When I finally watched it, I was like, "This is like five minutes, and it's fucking stupid." Unless you watch the director's cut, then you get, like, one more minute of that. That's, like, the only place where you get extra footage is during the first-person thing. Oh, boy. That's the thing that I was thinking about, too, is, like, if they were to actually do a real Doom movie, they would just get the dude who did Hardcore Henry just do an Mm -hmm. entire... Because you don't want to see Doom Guy, you just want to be Doom Guy, and (laughs) that is the way that you want to do that. As someone who's, like, mm-hmm. played through that, that uh, the 2016 game in preparation for the new mm-hmm. game coming out, like, that that is, it has strong Hardcore Henry vibes to it. Like, that's what it needs to be in this day and age for it to be good. 
No, agreed. My favorite moment in the in the 2016 game is when Oh god, I don't remember exactly what happens, but it's like you finally make it to this computer system and the guy that's been guiding you is like, "All right, this is the computer room. Just like leave all this tech alone." And instead, you as the doom guy just smash everything. <laughs> and the guy is like, "Fine. Destroy everything then." <laughs> I didn't want it anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. those are the kind of moments that I want in a Doom movie. Yes. Uh, I I would be surprised. It's We're not going to get that movie anytime soon, if at all. Um, nope. But it would be... Like, I think the games are probably going to be a better experience. Even if you don't play video games, just put it down to the easiest setting and just go through it like a movie. You'll have a good time. Oh, it's great. It's very entertaining. Okay. So, the best thing that I saw this week is a movie that has been on my to-watch list for quite a while, and I felt so dumb that I was like, hey, look, I'm finally watching this, and then I watched it, and I was like, oh my god, why aren't people talking about this movie all the time? Because it's fucking amazing. So, I watched They Live... (laughs) Which is a John Carpenter movie and stars uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David. And oh my god, I am in love with this movie uh-huh. so much. Like how how did I not see this before? You know, we should just replace all school curriculum with this movie. Wait, all <laughs> film school curriculum or just no, regular? No, all school curriculum. Okay. You go to school and you watch this movie on repeat. And that's it. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. No. For real though, I I was amazed how much I liked this movie. Like it was yeah. dumb, it was entertaining, it was surprisingly smart at the same time. Uh-huh. Um I mean, have you seen it? Yes, I love the movie. Okay, good. Um, but no, that that moment when they show the when uh, Roddy Piper puts on the glasses and he starts looking at everything, and you re- he realizes that like all the ads are, you know, subliminal messaging to towards humans, uh-huh. um, and I'm, I'm I'm super amazed at what a profound statement this movie makes about capitalism and classism, but. My favorite moment out of that is when he looks at the dollar bill and it says, this is your God. This is your God, yes. <laughs> like, that's such, that's such a great moment. And it also just made me laugh because, like, don't get me wrong, like, I, I think that, you know, like, The Rock is in some really good stuff, John Cena's been in some really good stuff, um, I mean... There, there have been wrestlers in, like, good projects. But the only thing that I really know Roddy Piper from other than wrestling is his random appearances on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as Funny. the Maniac <laughs> and uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown, <laughs> where he plays the last virile man on the planet. That's and, <laughs> and I had never... I had never, like, really been aware of this movie, and then I watched it, and I was just like, how is this the one that, like, people never talk about? Because it is surprisingly smart, the creature effects are really cool, um, and Roddy Piper, I mean, I know that, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, wrestlers are shitty actors, but, like, he's actually pretty good in it. (laughs) And I'm not just saying that, like, oh, he's, like, he's, like, good for being a wrestler. No, he's, like, actually really good in the movie. Um, as playing a, a dude who just kind of wanders around. <laughs> yeah, just this, like, tramp that just, that just, that just, uh, walks around and just is like, yeah, I need some work. And then they're just like, all right. Yeah, and yeah then no, he... Let's, let's, let's not, uh, skip over, I don't know how you haven't mentioned this yet, the fight scene in the alleyway and how oh, ridiculously yeah. long it is. With him and Keith David? Yes. Oh, oh my god, that that felt like something out of the fucking raid. Like, it's long, it's drawn out, it's well choreographed, like, oh my god. I... So many nut shots. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are also throwing each other a lot. 
Which I know, I know that that like had to have been a thing just because he was a wrestler. But still, it just made me laugh really hard because there's a lot of scenes of them picking each other up and throwing them, mm-hmm. throwing each other. Put on the glasses. Just put on the <laughs> damn glasses. <laughs> oh nope. my god. Yeah, no, I I fucking love this movie. <laughs> one of, yeah, one of the best buddy 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 team up films. This was one of the rare films that, like, while I was watching it, I was just like, I want to start watching this again. <laughs> I just I just want a bunch of TVs just playing this movie at different parts. <laughs> or from different parts so that I can watch it on repeat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that was that was the best thing that I watched this week was, was They Live, and I absolutely adored it. So... With that being said, let's get into I Love You, Philip Morris, which we chose because it is February when, oh yeah, no, it's February today too, and we decided to do romance movies all month long, and this was the one that we picked for this week. (laughs) Now, Donnie, I know that I have been a very vocal uh, proponent of this film. Have you seen this movie before? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I, I also was the one who brought it up to you, and you were very <laughs> happy that I did bring it up, because it is a movie that I think I've seen once before, and then pieces after that, but it's been a very long time. This is a 2009 film. Yep. Um, and it was something that I had noticed when I was looking at my, uh, looking over the last decade when we are doing our uh, best of the decade show and mm-hmm. I was just like why like it's not a I wouldn't say it's a forgettable movie but like I didn't no. remember it really and I was just like oh what why doesn't anyone talk about this movie it seemed like yeah, it just no, kind of like came and went so it's really good um so first I have a, I have a couple fun facts about this film um because I, I find the story of Stephen J. Russell fascinating. And I was studying his, his life and escapes before the, before the film came out. Um, just because I think he's a fascinating individual. But I found out that due to the gay content of the film, there was one of the prisons that they shot at the warden refused to allow them to shoot a sex scene between two men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> because it's a prison. <laughs> and if that warden doesn't think that there's gay shit happening in his prison, he needs to, you know, reconsider his career. Yeah, reevaluate his profession. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was interesting. The other thing that I read that I thought was really interesting was that one of the extras in one of the prison scenes went out to their car to get something and then was arrested by a prison guard who thought that they had escaped from prison. Oh my god. That's funny. <laughs> that right? is like the that is like the opposite Stephen, Stephen J. Russell. Yeah, no, that 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 made me laugh really fucking hard. So, okay, the other things that I just wanted to mention uh, about Stephen J. Russell himself, um, the marker escape that he did, where he stole those markers. Um, he stole, I think it was like two hundred in real life. Um, so, like, every day for 200 days, he just took a green marker. Um, and then one day when he had enough, he broke them in his toilet and dyed his jumpsuit. Right, that's a lot. Yeah, right? So, alright. I don't think we need to worry about spoilers since this movie is over 10 years old. And let's just go ahead and get into it. Don, you want to start us off? Uh, I just wanted to do, like, a quick, uh, yeah, we could probably just jump right into spoilers, it's not a huge deal, but Mm -hmm. for anybody who is listening and has not seen this movie, essentially this man is, uh, uh, he was apparently, uh, thrown away by his real mother, and then adopted, Mm -hmm. 
Um, he didn't figure this out until later. Um, and then also tracked her down and uh, she was not receptive to him saying that he was her son. Uh, and then he tried to be the best person he could, uh, seemed to have a good life, and but he was also very, very, very gay. Gay, 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 as he <laughs> says in the film. Um, and then after a car crash, he realizes that he doesn't want to live a lie with his wife anymore, so he decides to be openly gay. And then he starts, uh, in his new lifestyle, he starts to become a con man because it seems to come so naturally to him. And then this is where all the we set up all the prison breaks that happen throughout the film, and how he uh, he winds up uh, finding the person in the title role, Philip Morris, played by Ewan McGregor. Um, and I think from here now we can kind of run into get into spoilers, um, but I just wanted to give like a, a little underhanded pitch to the audience if anyone hasn't seen this but and and this is i don't know if like everything is true but this is very much like a real story or mostly based on fact there are details that are exaggerated there are some time things that they fuck around with but overall this is a pretty uh true to life story and that's one of the things that i like so much about it because i do find Stephen J. Russell's life and story fascinating. Um, And so that's why I was excited when they made it into a movie. (laughs) So, uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, uh, how did you like the cast of Jim Carrey as Stephen J. Russell? Uh, it's hard for me to say that, like, if he's doing a good impression or not. I didn't look up, like, YouTube, like, or interviews or anything with Stephen J. Russell. Um, That's okay. Just, just in general, like, how do you, yeah. how did you like him as the, as the character? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that being set aside, uh, I just, people talk about, like, uh, good performances by Jim Carrey being, like, uh, uh, Sunshine, uh, Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine. Yep. Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind, or uh, the Truman Show, or sometimes mm-hmm. the Majestic. I know, but there's 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 performances that people turn to about for Jim Carrey's like dramatic roles, um, and and I feel like this one doesn't get brought up because this is maybe one of his best, because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. he's he's both very very funny in it, but he's very subdued like. He's more using all the charm that he uses in that's like an explosive nature in like Ace Ventura or like some of his comedy stuff that's more outright, mm-hmm. you know, funny, like slapstick comedy. And he like bottles it in such a way that is maybe like the most balanced Jim Carrey that you probably will ever see in a movie, like between his yeah. dramatic and his comedic. And I think this might actually make it like one of his best roles, if not like mm-hmm. his best, honestly. Um, cause, uh, um, he just like, yeah, there's just a charm. Like you can't, even though this character, the person he's playing is like doing all these things that are like not right. Like he is breaking the law to like, and a horrible amount. Um, but you can't just, you can't help but just go like, oh, he's, that's just Stephen J. Russell. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Like he's just, he's just a likable person. He is, and I think that one of the things that I enjoy the most about this movie, now granted it was made in 2009, which, you know, that was, this wasn't made at a time, at probably the worst time that it could have been made in terms of portraying the the queer things, but um, it's also not made at the best time. (laughs) And I did want to say that one of the things that I appreciated is that this is very much, um, there, there's not any humor drawn towards the fact that, like, they're gay. Um, or there isn't any cheap shots taken at, like, oh, haha, it's funny because they're gay. Um, there's nothing like that. I think the only thing that might even come close, and it's not even based around uh, his sexuality, but... But when he decides to tell, when, when he does the narration and he's like, I knew I had to tell my wife in the easy, in the best way possible. And then it shows him laying in the hospital bed and he's like, honey, I'm gay. 
<laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> like, I yeah. thought that was really funny. Um, but no, that was that was one of the things that I appreciated about it, was that it was, it, it feels like a very human film, and I mean, I'm aware that, you know, the two leads are not homosexuals, but mm-hmm. um, I think they both do a great job, especially uh, Ewan McGregor is fantastic as Philip Morris, um, and I think they do a great job together um building that chemistry and building that relationship um so let's get on to the cons and the con man aspects of the movie because one of my favorite scenes in the this isn't my favorite scene but one of my favorite scenes in the film is the joke do you know what i'm talking about there's a scene where uh it's either right before or right after Stephen J. Russell reveals that he's been robbing the company that he's working for blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and his <laughs> his reasoning behind it is he's like, I don't know, maybe I was just bored, or maybe it's because they were fucking assholes. No, he's like, and, he's like, I don't know. Yeah, I think what he said specifically was these are the boorest, like these are the most boring goddamn people I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life. Like he's and, like, I'm not really sure why I did it, but man, I wanted to. Yep. And there's a scene either right before or right after that that I really really like because it tells you so much about the people that he works for. Um, oh yeah. And that's when, so he tells a joke, and the joke is basically that, that, uh, oh god, now I have to remember what it is. He tells his secretary, like, hey, uh, I met this lawyer. We can get it figured out between us. Yeah, (laughs) this is going to be the worst part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, of the collective Jace. Uh, There's a part where he talks to, uh, he, he, he talks to his secretary, and he's like, hey, I talked to a lawyer. And I asked him what he did, and he said, oh, I'm a lawyer, and I charge $50 for three questions. And mm-hmm. I said, really? And he said, yeah, now what's your third question? And then the secretary was like, ah, that's so funny. And then throughout the next couple scenes, you see him hearing the joke again and again and again yep. until it comes back to him and somebody tells it to him, but... It's not the joke that he told. It's like full of racial and ethnic stuff. Yeah, it's not only it's not only not the right structure, but also no. it it ends on a punchline where it's just like this person is just obviously being horribly racist, and it stops Stephen in his tracks, and he's just like, "You fucking moron!" Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I really like that scene <laughs> just because it tells you, know you so much about the people that he works with. Yes, after after like seeing how that happens, like I would definitely embezzle from that company too. You're a bunch <laughs> of pieces of right. shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, did you have a favorite scene in the film? Uh, I would say it was probably I think honestly it's when they first meet in the library. Um, okay. I just think it's it's so funny. Uh, it it might be a tie. It's hard to pinpoint like uh, a specific scene. I would say it's like uh, a handful of moments where it's like it's when they meet in the library and they do that so well and the two actors like work so well together that like instantly you know like in the uh, uh, Jim Carrey's character even says it. He's just like. There's like seven thousand jolts of energy like flying across this table that you can't say there's nothing going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I know, I know what you're thinking. You're protecting yourself. Um, it's it's that it's it's that moment, and then um, I'll just there are just two more that I'll just quickly say, uh, and then it's the moment where uh, Stephen J. Russell has the 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 screecher or the yeller like, oh, beat up. Screecher. Yeah, and he goes back and like uh, Philip goes to him in their in their uh, in their cell, and he's just like he's like, "Tell me, did you pay someone to beat that man up?" And he's like, "What?" And he's like, "Don't lie to me." And he's like, "Tell me the truth." And he's just like, "Yeah." And he's like, "That is the most romantic thing anyone's ever done for me." <laughs> I was like, "This is good." 
Um, and then, and then I would say uh, the final moment that is like maybe it's just the fact that um, uh, I used to be a really big Bee Gees fan, but uh, when they play, uh, it's a cover, but they play that Bee Gees song where mm -hmm. uh, Stephen J. Russell is getting transferred to a different uh, jail, and so he's he's going off and. Uh, they set up a little bit beforehand that uh, Philip Morris doesn't like going into the yard when they're allowed to go out into the yard outside, that yeah. he stays indoors. Um, and then when Stephen is getting transferred, then he finally is like, he's he's running after him so that they can profess their love for each other, or he can profess mm -hmm. his love, and then, he's, and then that's where we get the titular line from, where uh, Stephen says, I love you, Philip Morris, out of the bus. Um... And uh, that with, even though it's a cover, and I'm a, I used to be a Bee Gees purist, because uh, mm -hmm. I didn't remember it was a cover, but it's still like like one of the more effective uh, scenes in the movie. Um, and uh, like those three moments are maybe like encapsulate. It's like really, uh, I think it shows that it, this movie really focused on what it needed to focus on, which was like the relationship between those two characters. Like, mm -hmm. there's a bunch of, like, fun, goofy hijinks with Stephen J. Russell and stuff like that, but I think they did a really good job, like, establishing a base of the love between these characters before mm -hmm. they, like, decide to go for the humorous stuff more. Yeah, no, and this is very much not a prison break movie. Like, this is a movie about these two people and how much they love each other and it's very sweet <laughs> mm -hmm. and it is also kind of tough to watch because steven lies so much yeah. um and one of the, one of the parts that i think the the, the pain of <laughs> what a dick he is comes through the most is for me it's that realize it it's when philip morris realizes um, and there was a similar moment we talked about uh, at, during the Matador episode, but when Philip realizes that Stephen's not actually a lawyer, <laughs> which time. is which is what he what he professes to be when he first meets him, and then it's what like eight years later he reveals that he is not a lawyer. Yeah. And that was a that was a sad that was a sad moment because <laughs> you feel bad. Yeah, you do. I would say there's another moment that probably makes him, that probably makes somebody feel even worse later in the film. <laughs> not that the, that's not a bad one, but the AIDS moment. Yeah. Yeah. Which I first of all that that whole sequence is pretty close to what he actually did in real life and I cannot believe that he was able to fake having AIDS and that that uh, that line that he has where he's like in all that time nobody tested me a single time or nobody tested me once to and see if like, I actually had AIDS gotta love Texas yep <laughs> uh, I love this movie it is so much fun to watch Mm -hmm. I think that if I had to nail it down to one scene, my favorite scene in the movie might be when they dance with each other in their prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just because Cleavon's in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even though Cleavon is delightful. <laughs> He says uh, some nasty things, but his his word is his bond, and I respect yep. that. Yes. No, I I really I thought he was a very fun character because you're right. I mean, he does say he does use uh, homophobic slur quite a bit, but at the same time, um, you know, he's helping these people's relationship build, and you're right. His his word is his bond. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a there's a moment where. They are in their prison cell together, and Philip Morris wants to dance for or with uh, Stephen J. Russell, and so he gives their next door neighbor, who is a 
ginormous black dude named <laughs> Cleavon. <laughs> yeah. Um, he gives them some money to play a CD for them. And it's a when tape. the is it a tape? Okay. Yeah. He he gives it to him. The he or yeah, to have him play a tape. And when he is playing the tape, the prison guards and they're dancing. They're slow dancing in their cell. The prison guards are like, "Cleavon, turn that thing off!" <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck you! My word is my bond." And one of the reasons that I enjoy that scene so much is because. Although, like, there is something humorous happening, which is the fact that Cleavon's getting the shit beat out of him for refusing to turn off the tape player. Um, the camera never actually shows or goes to what's going on with Cleavon. It mm-hmm. just focuses and spends the whole time uh, showing you Philip and Steven slow dancing together. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really sweet. And so I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so. That's so funny. It's good. It is. It's great. Um, what did you think about the relationship between Steven and his ex-wife? Uh, I think it was... Uh... It seems like a very real relationship. It's not like mm-hmm. she she seems uh, mildly ignorant because she doesn't ask like, oh, does the does the gay and the and the stealing thing kind of go hand in hand? And uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy, who is Steven's boyfriend at that time, goes like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, direct quote. But also, it's a uh, it's like. It's like they and they seem like they had a pretty loving relationship, and they still like are like very friendly with each other throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, and I think it like encapsulates uh, what their relationship is in the last phone call that he has with her before he gets caught after the being the CFO of that yep. huge company and embezzling all that money, where he's talking on his portable phone to her. And she's just like, you on the lamb again? He's like, yep. <laughs> and it's like, I might not see you in a while. So I uh, figured I'd just call you and just say that, <laughs> how's everything going? And you'll know where to find me. Um, I'll call you when I get a new number. Mm-hmm. Changing all my numbers. And then that, that uh, coupled with the phone call from his boss, <laughs> who's just like, hey, you coming back in? And he's like... I'm not coming back in, Dave. I think we know why. <laughs> I think we both know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, Amy Mann does a does a really good job. She's uh, she's like too much of a sweetheart. You can never hate her, and she never says anything too terribly. I think she, uh, you don't see a whole bunch of like that that relationship. But like, she's not like doesn't have any ill will towards Stephen. Nope. She's just kind of like baffled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but like that is that is maybe the second sweetest relationship in this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> between uh, a now openly gay man and his ex-wife. Um, so I thought they they did that a lot. They did that well. They did. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoy watching Leslie Mann and uh, Jim Carrey work together. <sighs> They're yeah. really fun to watch. It's a good time truth all right i would also like to talk about the i think that if i have one qualm with this film and i don't know why it bothers me but for some reason i really really don't like the ending shot of the movie where it just shows steven trying to like run out of prison again um and I don't know if that's because it feels like they're belittling their story because it's like, hey, let's end on a joke. Um, and I don't know if I'm just nitpicking, <laughs> which is entirely possible, uh-huh. just because I, I like the rest of the movie so much. But I don't know why, but for some reason it just bugs me. <laughs> okay, that's and hard. Le- like I said, I think it might just be, be- because... To me, it feels like they're belittling everything that came before. Um, and I, I wish that they would have ended on something a little more 
uh, maybe sentimental regarding um, him and Philip, but oh well. Right. It's still good. Yeah, I I don't mind it as much because you can you can always take that as uh, probably literal. I take it more as like even though he's now like in twenty three hour a day mm-hmm. lockdown um, in a in a cell, uh, like it's it's like oh this is the spirit of Stephen. This is this is uh, he's always going to be the he only knows how to try to escape. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's just his nature. Um, and, uh, like, you can take that as literal or not literal. I mean, they show it literally that he's running from a bunch of guards. Uh, I think I think they they landed enough uh, sentimentality there at the end and said what they needed to say that I think it's fine. Like, I feel like it's probably better to... Uh, it was probably better to leave the movie with a smile than, than, uh, than like, I don't know, tears... It's hard to say because, mm-hmm. like, uh, other than uh, than uh, Stephen's ex boyfriend Jimmy, uh, like, uh, there's no one that really dies in this movie. <laughs> so like, uh, there's not there's it's like feelings definitely got hurt for sure. Poor Philip Morris, mm-hmm. but I think it's I think in the end it is it is uh, a tragic comedy, and I think. I, I like the fact that they they kind of give you one little sting of that music and and Steven running away from the guards. It's true. He does ha- almost have like his own little theme song throughout the <laughs> film. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. Um, I will also say that one of the things... <laughs> One of the things that I love praising movies for is showing things that they typically don't show. And there's a... One of the things that I appreciate about this movie, especially considering that, you know, Ewan McGregor and Jim Carrey, who are two fairly big stars, um, there's a lot of uh, gay stuff in this movie. <laughs> Lots of gay stuff. <laughs> and and I, really, I really, really appreciate that. I really enjoyed that there were a lot of, um, as a straight man, as a straight white man, I really enjoyed that there was so much, um, uh, uh, gay sex scenes portrayed throughout the film. Mm -hmm. Um, but not as many as there could be. Yeah, that's true. And I, but at the same time, I do know that, uh, when they were trying to get this movie made, one of the big struggles was that the rating board kept giving them an NC-17. Um, and so honestly, I'm I'm happy that we got as much content as we did. Um, honestly, I'm I'm fairly surprised that they got away with the uh, the boat scene where yeah. they're on the where they're on the boat, and then you see uh, Philip Moore spit come out of his mouth, <laughs> and Stephen J. Russell pulls his pants up and is like, "Oh, you're getting pretty good at that." Yeah. I, I was I was pretty surprised that they were able to get away with that. Yeah, that one, yeah, that one surprised me definitely when I saw it too. I was just like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like this this is not like some weird art house movie that you see, like you have to go to like a big metro area to a theater like that to go see it. Like this is this is something that was like in uh, like most major theaters. So it was very surprising when when like something like that popped up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have one last question for you about this movie <clears throat> before we get on to the review game. Review game. Do you think that this is the last good Jim Carrey movie we're ever going to get? Because uh, he hasn't really done anything else since that's been worthwhile. I'm just going to have to... I like. I'm still going to pull up the Wikipedia page, his filmography, but I, don't, I think, yeah, this is probably... Maybe also because this is just going to be... This is like just like my favorite performance of his but I'll probably say that there's nothing that's really going to top this so we had Mr. Popper's Penguins Mm, masterpiece we we had the incredible Burt Wonderstone 
we had uh, Kick-Ass 2, which I can verify is terrible. Um, we, had Dumb and, we, we had Dumb and Dumber 2, which I can also verify is terrible. Terrible. Um, something called The Bad Batch, which I have not seen. Dark Crimes. Dark which Crimes. Was, which I did see is <laughs> incredibly boring. Oh, no. I, we, yeah, we, I mean, his best performance is going to be this year, Jason. It's, I mean, so, it's, it's in a mere Dr. two Robotnik. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm not excited for that movie. Oh, there's a reason why they're putting it. It's releasing on Valentine's Day, Jason. You know what that means. It's where all the single people will be. <laughs> why are they releasing it on Valentine's Day? I don't know. They also... Seems... It was not originally intended. I don't know why they landed on Valentine's Day. Who knows why? But they did delay the movie for a certain amount of time because they redid all the CG in that movie. Yep. Because the original Cause design Sonic, was so bad. Sonic was fucking terrifying. Which they should have kept. But they changed it to a more modern design. Um, and th- that's why they had to delay it. Um, but yeah, Valentine's Day? It's a weird one. You know, I kind of wish that they had left it the same just because it would have been hilarious because then we could have a Sonic horror movie. Sonic horror. Bloody Sonic. <laughs> but, oh my god. Yeah, no, this... Oh, I am not excited. Can't wait to see what Jim Carrey will do with that performance. That's not just, like, ripping off his old Ace Ventura I'm really yeah that makes me sad so in conclusion this has been his best performance to date and it will it it will probably continue to be his best performance unless he like pulls off like one final hurrah in the next like decade or so but I think I think that's it's pretty much the last big thing he did the last like big noteworthy thing he did I I think we're uh, pretty safe in saying that he's not going to turn anything else no Worth too worthwhile and yep. So savor savor this good Jim Carrey while you can. All right, let's get in. I, I can also. I would also just say, um, you know, I I know that a lot of times when we end the show, we end with, uh, would you recommend this movie? And I've come to realize it's kind of a boring question because the answer is always yes. So instead, what I'm going to say is, or the question that I'm going to ask you is, under what circumstances? Would you recommend people watch this movie? That's a good point. Uh, that's a good twist on the question. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and 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 since you haven't had any time to think about it, I'll, I'll just go first, sure. so you can you can have a couple minutes. Um, I I am I'm going to be a little boring and just say that I think that this is a fantastic date night movie. Um, you know, you can cuddle cuddle up with your significant other. It's genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing is very, very good. It is, and it's it's also a genuinely very touching movie. So that's what I would say. I would say you should cook your 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 significant other some food, and then you guys should watch this movie, and then you should just fuck. <laughs> Make sure the dinner is like a huge porterhouse steak with a shish kebab of shrimp on top. It'd be very relevant to the movie you're watching. That one struck me as very unrealistic, but I get what they were going for there. Oh you yeah, remember, right. Because they all get yep. every prisoner gets like the gruel glop, and then and then when like Stephen and Philip go up to the line, they get these huge, beautifully roasted like porterhouse or like tender, mm-hmm. very nice steaks with with shrimp kebabs on top. And Philip Morris is just like, oh my god, and I was just like. There's no way they're not getting stabbed over those eating like with everybody else. (laughs) So I get the sentiment, but I have no. There's no way that actually happened. All right, so Donnie, what would your what would your circumstances be for people to watch this that you would recommend? My circumstances, yes, you're correct. This would be a very good date movie. It's a roller coaster of emotions. It'll make you Mm -hmm. laugh. It'll make you cry. Um, But also, I think it's uh, I think a, a good place to. Uh, maybe 
I don't know, if you have not encountered a whole bunch of stuff like this, and when I say that, I mean like gay culture, and maybe you're not as familiar or don't or don't know like what the what the dynamics of gay relationships are, and you realize that it's pretty much just just the same as straight people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just kind of living uh, sometimes more of a truth than uh, some straight people. Uh, so that's what I would say is like don't even treat it as like something that you're like just because it's a it's a it's a gay film it's a romance between two men like this is maybe still maybe one of the most romantic films i've ever mm-hmm. seen um and i think it can be enjoyed by uh like a, a wide range of movie or uh yeah mm-hmm. moviegoers mm-hmm. um i don't care like uh you know uh what your background is like if you're gay or straight or anywhere in between uh or, like I think there there is just so much truth to how these characters are portrayed and written that there's like it's undeniable like that you can't say that these two people are not in love or what they have isn't real and I think it's uh I just think it's it's really um it's captivating and it's and it's beautiful um even though it's not like there are definitely things um exaggerated in the film it's still like one of those movies that, like, if you just want a really, really good romantic film, this is mm-hmm. this is up there. This, this might be one there. of the first few things I'd recommend. Okay. So, let's go ahead and get into the review game. Because I have found some gems for you. Oh, no. So, I'm going to read Donnie some reviews. And he is going to see if he can figure out what the movie is. So, to start with, uh, just tell me if you, if you, when, or if slash when you figured this out. Uh, so to start with, Ron B gave this film half a star out of five and said, weird and boring, keep your money, there's better movies to spend it on. Uh, Donald T gave this movie five out of five stars and said, Amazing! It was amazing. Shut up if you didn't like it. This was great. That was all in caps. I, I, I wouldn't say it's as good as Magic Mike, Avatar, Titanic, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it was pretty damn good. Okay. And then finally, finally, Renee said one out of five. I disliked the movie. It didn't make any sense how they talked, and the storyline was very long and confusing. If <laughs> any guesses, uh, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say, because I thought I knew what it was in the first two, but the last one kind of made me question it. Is it? Is it 1917? It is not. It's Hansel and Gretel. You mean Gretel and Hansel? Yes. Get the name right, Jason. I do what I want. All right. Let's get on to the next one. Very excited Uh, to see that, by the way. Same. Kayla gave this movie three out of five stars and said, didn't like that someone narrators the movie the whole time. (laughs) Maggie, (laughs) Maggie R. gave this movie four out of five stars and said, loved it. Beware, the C word is used like hell or damn. I've never heard it spoken so often in my life. Aside from that, this does not disappoint. After a while, you don't even notice the cunt. <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is. Okay. I, I, I just got to read this last one. Though. <laughs> this is, as, as I was telling Dottie, one of the things that I think is the funniest in the world is when, in their review, they feel the need to tag on an extra, like blank out of blank um and this one takes it to the max so here we go this is by taylor o and it's uh five out of five and um this is this was his his or her review 76 percent rt rating is a travesty the movie is brilliant and entertaining at every turn the best movie i've seen in a long tome it's and it's not even close Okay, here we go. 5 out of 5. 10 out of 10. Two thumbs up. Arms up emoji. No. <laughs> Put your arms down, young man. 
Do you know what it is? Yeah, this one, this one is... Unless I'm completely wrong, is it the gentleman? It is the gentleman. Yeah. All right, and then when I you, got one When more you thing. had the arms up emoji, I was just like, oh, is someone still talking about the Joker? <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, here we go. This is the last one. Um, Cheryl 5, or Cheryl gave it 5 out of 5. Cheryl 5. And, and said, liked that it was funny, but not too silly. Chandra gave it 4 out of 5 and said, didn't like how wimpy they made Martin's character. And then finally, and this is, uh, this, this one is a, this is a, this is a story. This is a whole journey that I'm very excited to read to you. Glenn gave this movie one out of five and said, the movie theater I selected wouldn't let me in to watch the movie because I was 15 minutes late saying they were closed. I was so disappointed that I couldn't do the refund either due to the show already beginning. Very sad night for date night. Some people just don't get it, Jason. <laughs> oh, this is a beautiful review. <laughs> this doesn't have anything to do with the movie. It's just, this belongs on Yelp. <laughs> Alright, you know what that one is? I'm sure you do. Yes. I mean, when you said Martin's character, I knew. Um, <laughs> it is. It is bad boys for life. It just is. the third bad boys film. The even though there's going to, people. even though there's going to be a fourth one, and they've already, uh, you know, it's a bummer because now they can't call it Bad Boys for Life. Who? Would th- I don't know. I don't want to get into it. It's going to make me angry. All right. Ride together, die together. I'm pretty sure that's a Fast and Furious tagline. Go on. <laughs> if it's not, it uh, it should be. All right. Uh, let's get into plugs, plug lug lug lugs. I have continuing. I don't know if I think I mentioned this last week, but I've been continuing to watch Too Old to Die Young, which is pissing my lovely wife off because it's another Amazon show that I'm watching instead of watching The Boys, which she desperately wants me to watch. So, so there's that. Um, I have been playing Final Fantasy VII. Got to get that fucking platinum. Um, before boys. the before the remastered version comes out, or the remix, whatever remake. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Yep. Before the remake comes out, um, the first and then of the remake is that what it is? Yeah, it's only Midgar. It's only the first third of the game, and I think they're Let's, probably gonna have another two uh, <laughs> sequels to the remake. Well, that's fucking stupid. Yes. Uh. So. I, you know, I've been seeing all these all these posts online about like I don't know that I'm emotionally prepared for a Final Fantasy VII remake, and whenever I see those kinds of things, I'm just like, "Fuck you." So that's what I have been into lately. Donnie, you have anything you want to throw out there? Well, just to just to kind of like jump off uh, you talking about Final Fantasy VII, um, and since Riley is not here. I'm going to say I have a YouTube recommendation. Uh, YouTube. There is a gentleman on YouTube. His name is Tim Rogers. He works for Kotaku.com. And on their YouTube channel, he's been putting out a lot of pre-reviews. This this uh, this guy has been... He's 40 years old, and he's been in the games industry and around the games industry for, like, most of his life. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like... He's very meticulous and straightforward and funny. And he just did a pre-review of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, where he kind of figures out like what it's going to actually be like when it comes out because he kind of knows everything around the game industry so he can kind of figure out like what it actually is going to be, if it's going to be good or bad. And uh, I would say if you if you want to know about how how the Final Fantasy VII remake is going to be, uh, watch his pre-review on there. Cause, and also watch everything past that because it is very funny uh, very dry and uh, like some of my favorite content on YouTube right now. Um, okay. And then uh, not so much a it's an ongoing recommendation I would say because I mentioned these two things uh, last or the last time I was on the podcast. Um, I would uh, yeah it was yeah I wasn't gone last time. <laughs> no, nope, um, we're here. Uh, I'm still watching uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. 
Um, Yay. I'm I'm at episode uh, 14, and I want to say that I don't think I actually know like what the huge thing is about it. Like, there's a lot of like crazy things that are happening right now, but I don't think it's gone full blown crazy. Um, so I'm I, probably by the time we record the next one, I'll have some thoughts about <laughs> uh, most of what's going on at the end of that series. Um, and then also, if you have you don't even need to pay for Crunchyroll, but on Crunchyroll there's a series called Dr. Stone, and that is also super duper good. Um, other than that, uh, yeah. I did, yeah, that's pretty much what I got. Alright. Sweet. Well, um, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much to the usual people, Pralex and Dr. Tub Thumper and Caitlin Industries and everything else for doing our show. Uh, thank you so much to you, our listeners, for telling your stupid fucking friends about our show, um, which I know that you have because our download numbers have been going up, which is very exciting for us. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening, and hail Satan and watch more movies. Goodbye. Gucci. What's it?